It's amazing. I mean, a lot of people don't even, you know, that don't have an injury, don't travel as much as you do. Um, did, did you think when you were, when you were at the shepherd center, you know, I'm going to be traveling the world, taking pictures all over the world and, you know, you know, being all over. I mean, did you think about that when, when you were kind of at a dark point, did, did that help push you towards wanting to, um, go through with the rehabilitation and all that hard work? Um, probably yes, you know, because you have to imagine like better days ahead. Right. Um, and some of the rehab was geared towards your future life, you know, in a wheelchair and what you will be able to do or what you may not be able to do. Welcome to It's Settled, the Amitros podcast. Each episode, we're going to dig into the humanity in workers' compensation and insurance claims, exploring the stories of injured people and those who support them, as well as the good work professionals are doing in the industry. And now, I invite you to join me, Sean Dean, General Counsel at Amitros and the host of It's Settled. Now, It's Settled. Let's get on to the episode. We are very happy today to have Eamon O'Regan here. Um, sir, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining and uh, getting ready to to share your story. Appreciate it very much. I guess for the viewers, just to start off, um, probably can tell you're not from the United States by by your accent. I guess tell <laughs> right. us, tell us, Eamon, where, uh, folks, where, where you're from. All right, Sean. Thanks for the welcome. Yeah, no, I, as you can tell by my surname, yeah, that's the giveaway, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm from a little city in Ireland called Cork, which is uh, down the very south of the island. And uh, it's a good sized city, you know. We, we like to think of ourselves as the real capital of Ireland. So we have, uh, you know, that's that's the little joke in Ireland, you know, between Cork and, and the capital of Dublin. So, uh, no, I love it. You know, I miss it. But uh, But this is home here now in Florida. That's great. Well, that's that's full disclosure. That's my heritage too. I haven't been, but uh, I, I I really want to go. So that's where my my uh, forebears are from. Um, so how long how long have you been in this uh, the U.S.? Oh God, uh, a little over sixteen years. Yeah, okay. uh, two thousand six. Uh, I moved here and uh, I became a citizen in two thousand sixteen. So mm-hmm. I am uh, yeah I am a naturalized U.S. citizen. So, um, you know, I get to do everything that, you know, uh, a natural born U.S. citizen can do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, very proud. Um, I was so happy to to get it. Uh, and it uh, gives me the privileges, you know, of flying as a U.S. citizen and and voting and, and everything that goes with that, you know. And you, and you do a lot of travel, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But as you know, you know, so you're, you're a member on on the Amitros platform. Um, and as, as folks who come on here, they've they've um, been involved um, in, in injuries and, and, and you had one, too. And um, I'd like if you don't mind just telling us your story about um, how you were uh, involved uh, in, in an accident and um, sort of the aftermath and the injuries you sustained. And then we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper to talk about how you've um, you, you've coped and dealt and. Um, you know, made strides through um, your recovery, getting through that. So, so I guess just to start, what 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 happened? 
Well, what happened was uh, it was um, January 25th, uh, 2019. So a little over well, almost four years now. Uh, I was involved in a head-on collision uh, traffic accident uh, here in Florida, actually, uh, not too far from where I live. Okay. And um, I don't remember absolutely anything of it, uh, which people tell me is a good thing. And I tend to agree with them. Um, but it was a head-on collision okay. uh, uh, whilst working. I was just in between, uh, you know, driving to another uh, doctor's office that afternoon. And, um, and yeah, so I was taken to a local hospital. Um, actually, the very same hospital that I work for, uh, oh, ironically. Yeah, I work, I, work, I work for a hospital here in Pensacola. Um, so I was taken to that hospital, like, you know, for just immediate, you know, um, uh, just to diagnose everything that was going on with me. Um, and uh, that was when they they found, you know, a lot of internal issues through some CT scans and stuff like that, you know. So um, they basically just stitched me up as best, best as they could. Um, and then that very night, I was airlifted down to um, the University of Florida, um, Shen's Hospital down there in Gainesville. Okay. Um, and uh, that was when they diagnosed that I had like a the spinal cord injury. Um, so, uh, they were able to do, you know, the spinal fusion there and a host of other surgeries, you know, both my legs were broken, my ankles, um, uh, some internal injuries from the seatbelt, um, which, um, yeah, caused a lot of internal bleeding. Um, so, but like I said, I don't remember anything of it, um, until I woke up, um, uh, probably, oh God. Well, the accident was a Friday, so I think it was maybe a Monday when I woke up. Wow. Yeah. And, and at what point, I know these are tough things to talk about, and I, I appreciate you sharing your story. And it's it's definitely, we've been told it's helpful for other people who are going through similar things. But I guess may, maybe walk us through, you know, what point did you figure out, like, you you probably weren't going to be walking again? Right. Um well, um, after waking up, of course, I was totally paranoid. I had no idea where I was, you yeah. know, what had happened. And uh, that took probably a day or two, you know, to sink in. But I, I was still under a lot of anesthesia, you know, the, the side effects from anesthesia. So I was very paranoid. And uh, but in a lot of pain, I was in terrible pain. Um, so um, so I I think they kept me there for about eight days until basically I was stable enough to go back to uh, to Pensacola. Okay. Um, but that was when they found some internal bleeding again after the surgery, and they found that my um, my colon was bleeding out. So they had to remove my colon, which was, I'm like, okay, you know, what else can go wrong, you know? Right. Um, but wonderful staff. They're very helpful. Um, uh, I would say, uh, even though I was a terrible patient at the time, you know, I was constantly looking for medicine for my pain um but um but after i got back to pensacola um i guess they got me as stable as they could back there um at the same hospital that i work for again baptist hospital um so they were basically just treating me as a a regular patient from that point you know just uh daily medications etc etc i didn't need any more surgeries okay um but they had to figure out what they were going to do with me, you know, because I'd been diagnosed with this uh, spinal cord injury. 
Um, so of course I was going to need rehabilitation and everything yeah. goes that with, you know, that goes with that. Um, so, um, after a couple of days, um, I got some good news, which I, I would say was looking in hindsight. Now it was wonderful news. They told me that I was going to go to Atlanta. Um, I was going to be taken to Atlanta to a facility there called the Shepherd Center. And uh, I'm sure some of your listeners will have heard of it. Um, it's a very famous, well-known facility here in the United States um, because it specializes in my exact injuries, you know, spinal okay. cord injuries and how to um, treat patients with such and um, how to get you, you know, how to get you as rehabilitated you know, as possible. Um, so, so how long after, how long did it take till you were uh, transferred to the Shepherd Center? Um, by the time I had my accident, which was January 25th, um, I was taken to the Shepherd Center, I believe was, um, I believe it was February the 20th. Okay. So, so almost, a, almost month. a month. It was always a month afterwards. Yeah. They had gotten me like basically as stitched up as they could, you know. Um, between, you know, my legs, my back, my uh, abdominal areas. Um, I had a lot of uh, bruising from the, the seatbelt, you know. I can't even imagine the pain. How how yeah. were you transported to Shepherd Center from where you were? Um, I was transported by uh, regular. Um, so uh, EMS took me there. Okay. And, and EMS brought me back as well from Gainesville to, 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 to Pensacola, which was a, a very long journey. Both journeys were very long. You know, they were both like six hours or so. Um, but those stretchers aren't comfortable at all, you know, especially when you have like a, a, the, the back injury that I had. And uh, they, they weren't able to treat me on those journeys with any pain medicine. You know, the pain medicine that I got at the hospital, that was the only thing they were they weren't allowed to administer anything in between, you know, those destinations. Oh. Um, I guess it's for uh, probably medical malpractice. Maybe I don't know. But mm. um, but I was asking them for medicine. God, I was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got to the Shepherd Center and, uh, you know, I got got a wonderful introduction there from the team, you know. And uh, and that was when I felt right at home, right away. You know, I knew I was in a good place. Yeah, and talk because... talk to us about the rehabilitation process at the Shepherd Center. You know, what what was day to day like? What was your, you know, what was the recovery program like? Uh, what improvements did you make? You know, kind of what was your thought process too as you went into this, knowing that it was going to be, you know, a lot of grueling work, um, both both mentally and physically on your part. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I got to meet the team. I think it was a it was a Thursday I got there. So I got to meet the team on the Friday. So I got introduced to everybody. Um I got taken around the, the actual, you know, the therapy room that I'll be working out every day. And um and then I was given like, you know, a timetable, like my schedule that was going to be starting on the Monday. So um yeah, it's basically, you know, you're you're going nonstop from 9 a.m. until 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, um, which I know some people will think, well, that's crazy, you know, because, like, you know, you, you you can't walk, you can't move. What are you going to do, you know? Right. But you just start, you start with the very basics, you know. You start from just just small little movements, you know, um, just little things, little things. Now that when I look back, I'm thinking, well, I don't even have to think about it now. But then you have to think about everything because you have to retrain those muscles. You know, those muscles haven't been moving like in, in four weeks. 
So yeah. it's like, you know, it's almost like your, your muscles, you just forget, you know, how they work. <laughs> and, um, but such a wonderful team of people there, you know, I still keep in touch with them. Uh, there's uh, my physical therapist. Uh, I worked with two different occupational therapists. Um, I had a speech therapist. I had a recreational therapist. Um, she was wonderful, you know, so we got to do some fun things, you know, every yeah. once in a while, you know, um, once they diagnosed that I was able to, you know, physically leave the building, you know, um, so they would take us, you know, they would take us, uh, uh, you know, they, they got a couple of buses, they would take us out. On what was the time frame from when you got there and, you know, late, late February to when you were, you know, released and, um, going home? Oh, um, by the time I got there and you mean coming back to Florida? Yeah. Oh, um, four months I was there. I spent wow. four, four whole months. Yeah. Um, I consider myself lucky that I was able to stay there for four months because um, through the fact that it was a worker's injury, um, yeah. they were able to push, you know, for a, for an extension. Whereas I believe, you know, regular insurance companies, they will basically keep the patient with a spinal cord injury there wherever they tend to go for 30 days, I think is their max. And then, then they have to go, they have to leave unless there's something that gotcha. maybe they can write right over. And you're, um, you're going every day from basically the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. I mean, physically it must've been grueling, but I, I, um, I have to wonder, you know, mentally, was it tough too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, at the beginning it was very, very difficult. Um, especially like when they're pushing you, you know, to, um, you know, to do, you know, you might finish something at 10 o'clock and then you have to go right into something different at 11 and you're tired, you know, yeah. I mean, you're physically exhausted. So you just have to, you, you just have to motivate yourself. I, and I believe that's just true. That's just true. My stubbornness. And but also the people there, you know, they 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 do encourage you, and they're they're they are sympathetic, um, but they're also very good at what they do, and they know they kind of know how to get inside your head, you know, so that they don't frustrate you. Yeah, because you know you, you could you can get frustrated, you know, you you feel like the whole world is on your back, you know. So, um, but I was able to just find a way, you know. I was. Able you to seem like you way. have. I haven't talked to you a few times. You seem so incredibly positive. And 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 you have such a like a kind and warm spirit. You don't seem like you're easy to anger. But I have to imagine there were some days that you were just like you just didn't want to get up and do all that work all day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like what? I guess what? Thinking back about it, what kept you going? Were, were there goals you were looking towards, or did you just kind of resign yourself to this is what I have to do to get to get better? Yes, absolutely. This is what I have to do to get better. Yes. Huh. Don't feel sorry for yourself. You know, there's, you can't. And, and and you see, there there are people there, you know, that are in worse condition than I am. You know, mm -hmm. there, there were guys, you know, that were, um, I mean, I was diagnosed with a lower spinal cord injury, which is at the L2, L5 vertebrae. So um, it basically paralyzed me from like the waist down. Yeah. Um, but there are quadriplegics, you know, that have the higher level injuries, you know, and they have very limited movement of their hands. Some people can't move their hands at all. So, I mean, they're in, you know, they need full time, you know, assistance. Yeah. Um, so you look at those people and you say, could have been worse. You know, you have to tell yourself that if, if you don't, you'll just feel sorry for yourself. Otherwise, you know, 
Um, so, and, and the other people will motivate you too. You know, you you kind of you 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 gain friends. You know, I got to meet some wonderful people there, and they just they cheer you up. You know, you laugh, mm-hmm. you smile. You know, um, you know, you you realize you don't have to be shy around anybody. <laughs> you know, we're all in this together kind of mentality, and uh, and the same with the staff. You know, um, but. Um, yeah, it was very frustrating sometimes, especially like if uh, sometimes the staff are actually running late themselves. You know, for example, uh, the 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 nurses in the morning might be late coming in to give your medicine. And then I needed the people that would help me, um, you know, um, to cath, you know, to, yeah. to pee. Sure. Uh, so you have to do all that stuff, you know, um, and then you have to get dressed. And, you, of course, at that stage, I wasn't able to dress myself. So. Somebody will help you dress, you know, the nurse as a physician, the nurse's assistant, sorry. Um, and then because everything is running late, you know, they bring in your food and you're, you're eating your food quickly because you're looking at the time. And you're saying, oh, sh- I, I, you know, I have to get to like, you know, to meet my physical therapist at nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and then Don will come because his name was Don. Don would come walking into my room and he'd be pointing at his watch. And I'm here eating my, you know, my sausage and my my uh, my eggs. And I said, "All right, man, I'm coming." <laughs> I think some people would be able to relate to that, you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, uh, and a lot, a lot of my, um, I think uh, the the therapists were 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 wonderful. They were uh, the fact that they were able to extend my stay there because they could see the way I was I was uh, progressing. Yes. Um. And they knew I had the will to, to get better, you know. They, I, if I wanted to throw in the towel, they would have just, you know, they, they wouldn't want me there any longer. They'd be mm-hmm. saying, you know, well, you're just wasting our time, you know, Mr. Oregon. So, um, but no, my 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 goal was just to get as, as good as I could, you know, before I leave. Um, and, uh, of course, the physicians as well. I work with some great doctors. Um my my case doctor was a Dr. Wesley Shea, and uh, he was a good guy. You know, he'd come in and check me every day, and sometimes it would be more than once, you know, because, uh, you know, I was, um, you know, I would get some infections, you know, like uh, UTIs and such. I would get, um, I started developing really, really um, bad back pain, lower back pain. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was when they had to get one of their pain doctors to come in and see me. Um, and all these doctors are on site, you know, so, um, it's not like I have to leave the, leave the facility. Um, so once we were able to kind of start getting that under control, um, it also helped with my, uh, rehabilitation, you know, cause there was, there were days when I, I said to them, I'll work with you as hard as I can, as much as I can, but I'm just dealing with a lot of pain right now. Yeah. So, and they were understanding, you know, they, they would say, okay, let's just see what we can do here. So, um, you know, you make the best of a bad situation, I think. Um, if you if you could give words of encouragement to someone who it was in your situation, you know, a couple of weeks into their rehabilitation efforts and knowing how hard it is, what 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 would be some things you would you would tell them that you'd want them to know having gone through it yourself? Oh, um just to tell them that it's okay to have a bad day. Mm. Don't, don't throw in the towel. If you have a bad day, 
don't don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't don't see it as a negative thing. You're going to have bad days. You're you're absolutely going to have bad days when you feel like you didn't make any any progress at all. And 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 that's okay because it's that's something that um that you ask for, you know. Um it, it'll happen for whatever reason. Um everybody has a bad day, right? We all have bad days. But yeah. um that would be my, that would be my best advice just to just take a deep breath. Tomorrow will be better. And and my situation, yeah, everything was better the next day. You know, you just you just you just get on with it, you know. You just have to. And like I said, there are people in there that have worse conditions than you, you know. So um and, and that's kind of motivation in itself to get better, you know, because you, you realize it could have been a lot worse, you know. And the, the things that they can't do that you're able to do physically, you know. <laughs> you know, how lucky how lucky am I, you know? That's the way I would look at it. Well, along those lines, you know, one of the things that you love to do is is travel. Um and I, I think that you, you know, the travel bug kind of bit you at a young age. And obviously you're, 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 you're from, you're from Ireland. And I imagine you probably, when you were in rehab, you were dreaming of a day where you could go visit those places you wanted to see. And, um, what, what was your f- first, um, what was your first big trip after the, after the accident? Where'd you go? Oh, well, the first big trip at the Shepherd Center was when I was able to leave my room unassisted <laughs> by myself. <laughs> I went down. They had a little coffee shop downstairs. Yeah. And I got I got like an espresso and a donut or something. And I was by myself. And I was so happy. I love it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is life again. You know, it's back to normal. Yeah. You know, I wish. But um, uh, my first big trip once I got once I got out of the hospital, you mean? Yeah. Oh, um my first trip was back to Ireland. Um I was released on uh June 28, I believed. Uh and then I flew back to Ireland um February of 2020. Um right before the pandemic. Wow. It was right before the pandemic. Yeah, it was when people were, you know, people were st- you'd see people at the airports with masks, etc. And uh, you know, the the talk in Ireland was that, you know, they were going to start like to shut some places down. And um, yeah, I think I got back maybe 10 days or so before, like, you know, all the airlines started closing and um, it was, it was, yeah. It was, that it must was have crazy. been tough. I, I didn't, I didn't place the timeline now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, you went through a major life-changing event with your accident and then the whole world changed and that affected your life too. So you know, you're going right. through, um, you know, that that's that's a lot for anyone to take. I mean, just the right. pandemic alone, let alone, you know, a life altering accident. Gosh. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, because I mean, once I got back um, to the to normal life here in Pensacola, um, I mean, I continued rehab at the local hospital here, you know, which is just literally a mile and a half from from the house. Um, so I was taken there um, every I think it was three days at the beginning and then it was two days you know um and this went on for maybe six months um until they basically said well um you know they 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 can't extend it any further you know um so that was the point like when i was like i'm kind of on my own now you know this this is it you know apart from like you know working with my doctor uh Mm -hmm. apart from um you know just doing what i could do at home you know like um you know, the exercises that I learned at the hospital, you know, um, 
And I had done a little bit of walking, you know, at the facility here at West Florida Hospital, um, a little bit of walking with the forearm crutches. Um, but I wasn't very good using them, you know. I was always afraid in my life that I was going to fall. Um, so I don't know. I, I can't give you a date, but I, mean, I had been, I had received a good pair of forearm crutches um, from the insurance company. And my God, I woke up one morning and I was just getting out of bed and, you know, onto my wheelchair, um, which, you know, at the beginning took a bit of time. Now it's quite a straightforward process. But um, I was um, just thinking there, my crutches looking at me. I said, I'm just going to start using those things. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was just like, just like that, you know, and that's kind of how I work. You know, it was the same at the Shepherd Center. I would just do something without thinking about it i would just shower by myself i wouldn't tell the nurses you know <laughs> um but yeah i just started using the crutches and that was like a new lease of life for me you know being able to you know just move about you know because at the beginning you stand up and you feel like you're seven foot tall you know because you're sitting all the time and you feel so sure. tall but but it just felt good to be able to do that you know to, to be able to have the strength in your legs and in my arms um because before my accident, I, I was a very fit person. You know, I would work out five times a week, um, stayed fit, you know, and, and 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 still do, you know, not not as much, but I still um I still work out and you know keep keep my body moving. You have to, I mean, you have to, you just lose the you lose the strength in those muscles, you know, especially your legs. Um they just then tend to get um those muscles tend to get very just tight, you know. So um, you have the. What type of exercises do you uh, um, do you do? Um, Well, when I go to the gym, I'll do um, I'll do thirty minutes on the exercise bike. Um, And uh, I know people are probably thinking, "Well, he he's paralyzed. You know, how does he do that? You know." But with a spinal cord injury, you know, um, I'm fortunate. Like I said, I have a lower um, an L two L five injury so uh it gives me some feeling in my legs you know okay um and it gives me i have enough strength uh my in in my my thigh muscles etc my lower muscles to to get those pedals moving and once you get moving then you're pedaling you know um so i'm so happy that i can do that you know because it's just like I mean, it gets your heart rate, you know, it gets your heart rate moving. Yeah, it's good for it's your good cardio. cardio. Yeah. Good, it's very good cardio. Yeah. I'll, I'll build up a sweat. Um, and I'll do some, um, one day I'll do legs. I'll do some leg, leg, uh, leg um, exercises. Um, now the gym that I go to, is not an adaptive gym. So I have to kind of, uh, how do you say, Jimmy rig it, you know, yeah, where you yeah. just have to do your thing. Um, but luckily I can transfer onto those machines. And and do my thing, you know, whether it's um working your legs or working your um upper body. Um and uh yeah, I just I just learn, I just learn all the time, you know. Um I, I imagine- I'm at a stage, I think I'm at a stage though where I'm not because the, the the time frame that the doctors will give you after your accident for the spinal cord injury is generally two years. That's when they'll say, okay. This you've come to a point where you're you're not going to improve anymore. You mm. know, if you think y- y- you are, well, good for you, but you're kind of on your own. You know, um, that's when kind of insurance companies well tend to say like, okay, you know, we're at a stage. You know, um, so um, yeah, um, 
but I never listened to doctors anyway, you know, <laughs> I never listened to them. I just, like I said, I didn't listen to my nurses at the hospital. I would just, you know, go and shower by myself and do whatever I had to do, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess back to traveling, you know, how, how has it been post injury? Um, do you find that, you know, airlines are pretty accommodating airports, you know, get getting around when you go to different countries, have, do you have tips or tricks? For people who've maybe sustained a similar injury to, you know, getting back out there and, you know, being a world traveler again. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, well, if if you're planning on taking a trip, um, for example, if you're by yourself and you need assistance, um, every airline will grant you that. Mm-hmm. They have to, you know, under the um, the ADA guidelines. Um, if you need assistance, um, whether it be at the airport itself, getting through security, um, or if you need assistance physically getting onto the plane, uh, they will always um, help you with that. You know, you can request uh, what they call is an aisle chair. It's those okay. little chairs. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, at an airport and you see somebody um, getting pushed onto a, an aircraft. They're, they're what they call an aisle chair. Um, okay. But you have to request that at the time you're booking. You have to do that. Otherwise, you know, they're going to be like, looking for the staff to help you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they may not be available. So, I mean, worst case scenario, you could miss your flight, you know. Um, but no, they're very, uh, they're very accommodating. Um, I've flown with, you know, American, Delta, uh, KLM, um, I had no problems. Um, um, for me personally, um, I do tend to travel with a, with a lot of baggage, um, I have like a medical bag, um, and then I have my regular bag, um, and then I have my camera bag <laughs> and my crutches. Um, so it's a lot, but like I said, once you request the assistance, they'll, they will help you. They will help you get through TSA. So you, you don't have to worry about all that. You know, you're, you're not alone. Um, if you're looking for a specific seat on an airplane, uh, go ahead and call them, uh, at the time. Well, after you've booked um and just set let them know that you know you're you're unable to walk or you have problems walking etc and you're looking for a specific seat okay um um i would definitely uh, um uh, recommend that and you bring a chair over with you when you travel internationally i bring my wheelchair yes i do um i have a little um a little manual chair um it's um it's carbon fiber, so it's perfect for me, like for my daily chores or, you know, in and out of my vehicle. Um, but for traveling, yes, I bring it with me um, and I just take my cushion and I just take that with me onto the airplane. Um, and then they're, they're going to tag the wheelchair, you know, so that it goes on with the cargo. And Got then it. you're good once um, once the plane lands. You don't have to go all the way to baggage to claim. Right, the wheelchair. right. Okay. They're, they're going to bring the wheelchair um, up to the jet bridge. Um, and then once the people come onto the aircraft and help you off, your wheelchair will be there, you know? So, um, and it's the same when you're getting on the aircraft, you just, you're going to transfer onto that little chair and then they're going to take your wheelchair and put it on with the cargo. Um, but I was very nervous when I took my first trip. Yeah. Back to Ireland. I was very, very nervous. Um, and, uh, and using the bathroom as well, which is, uh, (sighs) All I can say, all I can say is that if you're flying 
within the United States, make sure you've gone to the bathroom before. Yeah. yeah. Um, because those little 737s or your A320s, yeah, they're not accommodating for, for uh, the aisle share. So, um, but the, the wide body aircraft for internationals, they can, um, some of those bathrooms can uh, accommodate the aisle share so they can push you in. And it's pretty tight. I mean, it's pretty tight, but if you need to pee or whatever, you know, uh, you'll be able to do that, you know. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but I was very nervous. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, if anybody uh, is um, thinking I can't do that, um, let me just say to them that you can, you know, you can do it. You just have to prepare. Um, being prepared, that's the key. That is the key. Um, knowing what your rights are, what you're entitled to. Um, and the same with accommodations. When you're booking accommodations, you have to, you know, notify wherever you're going to stay. If, for example, you know, you're in a wheelchair, just let them know that you're looking for a room that is wheelchair accessible, um, that is a rolling shower, et cetera, et cetera. Ask them, if you're unsure, ask them to send you photographs. Uh, a lot of facilities will say, they will say that they're accessible for wheelchairs. But once you get when you get there, it's a little bit different, you know. And it yep. depends on where you're going. It depends on the hotel, depends what country, et cetera. Et cetera. Do, do most countries? I'm. I mean, I'm only familiar with the United States and and certain laws that are in place to uh, mandate accommodations for folks at public places. But have you found that other countries that you've traveled to have similar laws, um, uh, so as to you know, provide accommodations from uh, someone like you who who needs assistance. Well, um, I I know that Australia do. Um, they have um they have laws. Um, my home country of Ireland, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But fortunately for me, when I do go back, I have my uh my parents' home. You know that I stay in. Um, they do. Um. A lot of accommodations there will have um, facilities for for somebody in a wheelchair or for those who have other disabilities. Um, but it's definitely worth checking ahead. Uh, Argentina, for example, where I went to, it was pretty tough. You know, um, they were not so accommodating when it came mm. to um, accessibility, etc. So that was tough. Um, um, but I was just so stubborn that I just I wanted to go there so badly. That was it's always a place that I wanted to visit. So um uh would I recommend it for somebody? Um I don't know about Argentina, but um yeah. but you just have to ask everybody has to ask themselves what they want. If you want something badly enough, you'll do it, you know. Um people said to me, like, wow, it's amazing what you're doing, you know. But I just said to them, it's oh, I said it's you know, I said. It's a challenge, you know. Everyone has challenges. You just go ahead and do it. Sure. Planning uh, is the key. Planning. I want to ask, um, kind of pivot to talk about um, uh, you, you, the because you had a workers' compensation claim that that you you resolved. How how, how was the the claims process? Because a lot of people don't talk about you know what they went through when they had a claim. You know, did you find the experience? You know, people on the insurance side helpful. Um, and um you know what was the claims process like for you generally it was good generally um at the beginning it was a little bit stressful until yeah. a period after time i've got i got home from shepherd and i was able to like get into a routine of um you know ordering everything that i needed all my supplies etc cetera, etc cetera. 
Um, I the my case manager, the lady that I dealt with, um, she was generally good, generally helpful. Um, now there were times um, when things can get a little tense, you know, because obviously they're there to help you, but they're also there like. I mean, they're watching what what they're spending as well. You know, I mean, they're an insurance company. They they're like, well, you know. Um, so that was when um, I did have an attorney, um, and uh, his best advice to me was, uh, he said, "Your case manager is there to help you, but you have to remember she's there to help them too." You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so for anybody listening, um, yes, don't ever be shy about asking for something that you may think is crazy. Um, it may not be a crazy question. There's never a crazy question, a crazy question to ask, you know, um, yeah. because, you know, if it's something that you think you need, you know, then there's a reason why you need it, you know, physically. Um, like for me getting um, a pair of crutches, for example, the first pair of crutches that I got, they were just most God awful piece of crap that was ordered from Amazon. And I looked at them and I, and I, I emailed her and I said, look, these aren't good enough. I'm going to need proper forearm crutches. Yeah. And I gave her the manufacturer's name um, that was recommended to me by the physical therapist. And it was taken care of, you know. Um, So you had to advocate for yourself. You have to. You absolutely have to advocate. Yes, you do. And I'm sure it's obviously different for everybody. Yeah, you 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 form like a, a professional relationship with this person, and I, you know, I met with her on several occasions, and um, you know, we were gen we were generally on the same on the same wavelength. But but like I said, there were times things were a little tense because insurance don't want to like do something or they're taking their time. There were occasions when I ran out of medical supplies, which was pretty serious, you know. Um. And, you know, it was like, well, why why do we run out of supplies? You know, I mean, I was giving them plenty of notice, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, be prepared for some times like that. Uh, I'm not saying expect it, but if it happens, um, yep. yes, advocate for yourself. And if you feel like you need to talk, your attorney is there for you, you know, um, um, and they will generally get back to you within a day or so. Um, I, my attorney was great. Yeah, I never had any problems with them. Or um, or his um, I can't think of her. What what's her? What's the attorney's assistance? Like uh, a paralegal. Paralegal, yes, she yeah. was wonderful. Um, she was generally helping me within like an hour of me emailing her or calling her. They were um, responsive. Yeah, they were good. Yes, but that's great, Amon. The the um, the advice to folks to advocate for themselves. Yeah, don't be shy. No. Um, because you know when you're injured you know sometimes like your confidence is a little low um you feel like you feel like nobody wants to help you you know you mm-hmm. i mean you can definitely feel sorry for yourself at times um but you just have to slap yourself at the side of the you know the, the, the head and say hey they're here also to help me you know and, you know i need these supplies you know um so yeah yeah um yeah the <laughs> Yeah, there was times there was there was a couple of f bombs, you know, every once in a while. Sure. <laughs> Understandable. How did you? Um, uh, you have such a wonderful relationship with Catherine here. How, how did you come to know Amitros and um, get involved with us here? Well, when I was uh, formally introduced, um, you know, I remember receiving uh, receiving the information. You know, I mean, I was told about uh, Amitros. 
uh, prior, you know, that um, that y'all would be in touch with me. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember who first reached out to me, but I had a lovely conversation with uh, with with the lady, and uh, she told me about everything, uh, you know, everything that was going to be happening from the get go. Um, how Demetrius would handle, uh, you know, my day to day needs, um, medical supplies, you know, mm-hmm. pharmacies. Um, yeah. uh, in my case, I need a lot of medical supplies. Um, and um, I was given some contacts. I got my uh, insurance information, you know, email addresses, phone numbers. So it was all pretty simple, really. Um, yeah. it, I know it's gone back a little over um, two years, but it, it was it was a pretty um, straightforward process, I thought. Because I am a warrior, you know, and that's why I kind of advocate for myself so much. I, I I tend to plan ahead. So I think at the beginning, um, it was pretty straightforward. But um, yeah, God bless uh, Catherine and um, and Robin, two wonderful people that I've had to deal with. Um, I wouldn't say had to deal with, but that I deal with. Sure. You know, well, they'll, they'll um, love they'll who love who listen to my they listen to my complaints, and if they're listening, they're going to laugh. They know what I'm talking about, right? But no, no, wonderful help help uh helpers um they've helped me get my uh get my medical supplies when i needed them quickly or you know because sometimes i don't know what my uh what i am entitled to you know what i'm saying so i I, so i I ask a lot of questions you know and uh and they let me know basically it's either yes or no you know what what can be done (laughs) i thought you know i can get everything i want you know but there's there are guidelines and you know, sure. Robin might tell me, you know, hey man, I would help you dearly if I could, but uh, under the guidelines of Medicare, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and likewise with Catherine, yeah, yeah. Well, with Catherine, it was interesting because um, when when I was looking for my medical supplies, she emailed me introducing herself. <laughs> and I liked her from day one. She's a sweet lady. Yeah, that's She's great. Yeah, lady. she she adores you, Amon. Um, I just a quick question on so you know you're you're three years into this journey. Have you seen um you know technology change? I mean, obviously there's there's bad stuff. You know, you got this pair of crutches from Amazon that were just junk, but have you seen any technology progress even in these three years where there's better assistive supplies now or, or uh technology devices? And I guess you know. Sorry for the long question. Now, is there are there other things that you could see in the future that would be able to help someone like you that that maybe aren't on the market yet or, or need additional, you know, design work done to them? Um, I think in my situation because it's just a little over three years. Um, I think it would be a better question for somebody that's been in my situation for 10 or 15 years. They would have seen a lot more happen, for example. Yeah. Uh, My situation. Yes. I think there's a lot of wonderful uh, equipment out there that, that that is there to help. Um, I'll give an example. Um, One of the pieces of equipment that I have is, uh, it's called a Baytech, which is, which is a, it's basically a scooter. Um, It's like, if you can imagine, it's like, it's like, the first half of a scooter, if you just cut it in half, so okay. you have like your your handlebars, your brakes, your front wheel, and it attaches to the very front of my wheelchair. So after a conversation, if you Google Baytech, yeah. you'll see what they look like. 
Okay. Um, they're a Spanish company. And I found out about them just through research. And uh, they were founded by um, a guy, a paraplegic, I believe, who was like thinking, you know, I need something to make my life easier. So, um, but I was able to um, talk with my case manager at the insurance company yeah. and basically fight with them to get it. You, you, know? you advocated for yourself. I, I, I advocated. Yeah. My doctor, my, my, my case doctor, uh, he didn't have any problem because he see, he saw the progress I was uh, making and he said, he thought that I medically needed one to improve my day-to-day living. Yeah. And I did. And I did. Yeah. Um, what a wonderful life-changing piece of technology that probably wasn't around 10 years ago. I don't think it was, man. I, I think it's maybe in the last six, seven years. Um, but it's wonderful. If, um, like I said, it attaches to my wheelchair. Um, it's got its throttle. It's got brakes. It's got lights. It's got a USB charger. I mean, it's got... The thing goes 20 miles an hour. <laughs> I get so many, so many people stop and ask me about it. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I take it when I travel, you know, so that's another piece of luggage I have to uh, travel with. Um, it was wonderful in Argentina and Australia, because if you're traveling by yourself, um, you know, you, you physically can push up some hills or streets, you know, that um, are um, not very equipped, you know, for a wheelchair. But the Baytech, my God, it's 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 a game changer. It mm. absolutely is a game changer, especially when it comes to travel or for some people, day to day living. So um, I would say to anybody that um, has thought about something like this, look it up. Um, they're they're not cheap, but they're. Like I said, it, they're, they're, it's a game changer, absolute game changer. What's on your bucket list for places that you want to travel that you haven't been to? Oh, bucket list. Um, I'd like to get back to South America. I'm always fascinated with South America. Uh, uh, Peru, Bolivia. Um, I want to get back to Argentina again. I made some friends in Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. Um uh croatia in europe um i've been there once i want to go back again uh but i want to see more of this country you know i mean we live in a beautiful country man i mean america is beautiful um i want to see more of the northwest west of the country um nevada new mexico um oregon montana that area um so that might be next year, you know, instead of traveling international. <laughs> it certainly would be easier. Um, because it's tiring, man. You know, you know, I, I Australia was a very tiring trip because I was just going nonstop. And uh it's just a lot of luggage getting in and out of a vehicle, you know, uh by yourself. And uh <laughs> yeah, but wonderful, you know. I mean, when I think back, you know, because photography is a hobby of mine. I got a lot of good good photographs there. It, it was um, definitely a definitely a trip, uh, a once in a lifetime trip. You know, it's amazing. I mean, a lot of people don't even, you know, that don't have an injury don't travel as much as you do. Um, did Did you think when you were when you were at the Shepherd Center, you know, I'm going to be traveling the world, taking pictures all over the world, and you know you know being all over i mean did you think about that 
when when you were kind of at a dark point did did that help push you towards wanting to um go through with the rehabilitation and all that hard work um probably yes you know because you have to imagine like better days ahead right yeah. um and some of the rehab was geared towards your future life you know in a wheelchair and what you will be able to do or what you may not be able to do and yes we we a lot of us would discuss about travel and uh and just basically uh traveling in a wheelchair and how you prepare for that so um yeah for example we were taken to uh to Atlanta um Atlanta airport um Hartsfield Jackson International we were taken we were taken there one day by uh the recreational therapist and we were taught how to um pass through TSA um how to request the assistance prior to the trip uh they showed us how to board the aircraft we were boarded on the aircraft yeah so that was through Delta um we met with the Delta representatives and uh yeah we were boarded on to um that's one of the busiest airports in the world Yes, yes. And I, I think um the fact that we're in Atlanta and going through Atlanta Airport, um yeah, it's uh it's a little scary, you know. That's great practice. That probably gave you yes. a lot of confidence to go, you know what, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Um but um I, I yeah, I would I would certainly imagine certain places that I wanted to visit. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to do it or not, but I was certainly dreaming, you know. So don't give up on the dreams because um, that, that's what helps you like, you know, be stubborn and just get on with your day to day. You know, um, rehabilitation is um, you just think about something that you want to do. And if you think about it, you'll be you'll be able to do it. You know, I think so. Anyway, I, you know. I agree with you. Um, yeah. Well, Iman, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, you're an inspiration. You're one of the most positive people I've ever met. Um and I wish you all the best and maybe hope to have you back uh, someday on the podcast again. I think uh, I think your words of encouragement and your message of uh, advocacy and, and your positive mindset are uh, something really special and, and will help uh, inspire other injured people who listen to the podcast. So very, very grateful to you, oh, sir. Thank, thank you. you Oh, thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. And thanks for um for reaching out to me. I, I appreciate the fact that Catherine mentioned um uh me to y'all. So um and uh yeah, special word of thanks to Catherine, you know. She's uh she's a sweet lady. And my buddy Robin, if she's gonna listen, because uh she's gonna get to get to hear what I sound like because I, I never take her phone calls, you know. I'm like, we'll just email to get you with know, we'll just... <laughs> great. But yes, no. Sean, it's a pleasure. Uh, and if you ever want me back, I'll be happy um, to um, to come back. That's and, wonderful. Uh, Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for this episode of It's Settled, the Amitros podcast. For more information and episodes, you can visit us at our website at amitros.com. That's A-M-E-T-R-O-S dot com. Or head over to iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We hope you enjoyed this episode and look forward to sharing more stories of people overcoming their workplace accidents and bodily injury claims and those who are working hard to make a difference for them. So it's settled. We'll see you next time.